welcome to the Scottish Football Forums podcast. I'm Craig and I'm joined by Chris and for a change we've got Greg back. Hello guys. Hello. Right, uh, Laurie's he's, he's busy or he's got problems with his internet, something like that, but he's not on. So it's just us three. Maybe so. it's something to do with his team getting an absolute roger at the weekend as well. <laughs> I've Kilmarnock, after the spud pickers of Kilmarnock, no less. It could be he's in hiding. But the thing is, because he's not on, he says he can't do the editing, so it's me this time. It's going old school. None of your fancy music, as Chris does his <laughs> SPL review, nothing like that. It's just going to be intro, outro. In fact, it might even be the old school intro, because I don't think I've got the new one. Anyway, I'll maybe try and get it out later on. Maybe he's been over his allowance and his internet. He's been downloading too much. Them dodgy movies again. Them dodgy movies, eh? <laughs> Greg knows all about that. All about that, mate. All about that. <laughs> right. This week's podcast will go way back to Celtic in Europe. We'll discuss that. and We might talk about referees and holding at corners, maybe. There's the SPL games. A wee bit about the SFL. Charity bet. Make our predictions for the SPL games midweek and coming up at the weekend. And then I think that should be us. So... I think the sensible place to start would be in Europe, Chris. I uh, go back to Tuesday night. That's it, Tuesday night. I was actually quite looking forward to it. Maybe as a Rangers fan I shouldn't be saying this, but I was looking forward to it. And I went into the game a wee bit as a neutral, but see when Juventus scored the first goal, I was kind of gutted. It was weird. I wasn't really sure what to think of it. Because I thought, hmm, am I on the turn? And no, I'm definitely not. But I, I was gutted that Juventus scored early because I thought that that's pretty much game game plan out the window, not a game over but that away goal would hurt even if it finished 1-0, it still would have hurt Well, I can't say I was much different myself it was uh, about the worst thing that could possibly have happened was to concede an early goal but I don't worry it was one of the games where we didn't really defend that well our chances that we got were all really hit straight at Buffalo unfortunately and, uh, despite that chances. Right, but despite that, there was plenty of chances. I thought we controlled the game for large spells as well, which is yes. it's pretty good going in the last 16 in the Champions League. Yep, I would say you were the, the better team overall, I, I thought. And I know there's a lot of people who say, well, goals at what matters. But I thought that you you controlled the game for large parts and you were the better team. I think I'm one of the ones that says uh, the goals are what matter, though, unfortunately. It's just kind of one of these things where the experienced European team has uh, triumphed. Taking their, their early goal well and and uh, killing the game off pretty much in the, the, the last 15 minutes of the second half. That's the thing, though. Foster had, Foster had next to nothing to do other than picking the ball the three times, I don't. Yeah. I think he maybe had one other save a note to make during the game, which, again, I suppose underlines when you get to that level of competition, it's like you're saying, it's taking chances and being ruthless. And I mean, to give Juventus their credit, I mean, they did, they, they stuck their chances away. But I thought the first half was excellent. I really enjoyed the first half. I thought it was a really good 45 minutes of football. Second half petered out a wee bit, but like Craig, I was, I was really enjoying the game. Yeah, do you think Buffon was... Obviously, the, the shots were going straight at him. Do you think that was because he's a good keeper and he's got his positioning right? Or do you think they just the shots were going straight at him? I just think it was a bad night for us, to be honest. I I, 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 I rate Buffon, I think. In his day, he's one of the, the best keepers in the world, if not the best. But uh, it was one of those games where... Uh, I don't think it really mattered if his position was right or not. Everything just seemed to be getting drawn to him. Ah, yeah, I thought Pirlo was a, a bit disappointing in the first half. I heard that he 
somebody described him as bossing the game. And I thought, nah, he was disappointing. He, he seemed rushed in the first half. In the second half, he improved a bit. But still, overall, I didn't really rate him. No, I mean, one of the things I've always said about these games is you're looking forward to seeing the, the big players. Yes. And to not test Buffon, it was disappointing. And to be honest, I, I barely seen Pirlo. If it was like the only time I seen him was when he was tussling with Scott Brown. <laughs> yeah, I was disappointed with that. But one thing I did notice about the about Juventus, especially at the back, was they weren't shy when it came to wee short passes, even passing it across the face of goal. Mm-hmm. They were just so bold. And it's something that you don't often see in Scottish football. If you're in trouble, you hoof it. You don't yeah. pass it about like that. That, that to me, is the difference between Scottish football and the, the, the good teams in Europe. It's their ability to be able to pass away at just about anything. Like you say, we will just hoof it. In fact, there's so many times I've seen Scottish teams try and pass it out the back, make a complete mess of it, and then stop conceding a goal. So maybe it's better if we don't try that. <laughs> Ambrose for the is it second or the third goal. He was trying right. to be a bit too fancy. He done that a couple of times actually. He's... He has a habit of doing that, but uh, it certainly didn't work for him on that Tuesday night. Th- th- I know there's been a lot of people saying he shouldn't have played in that game because he was just off a plane. But to be honest, I've seen Ambrose look that dodgy in Champions League already without being straight off a plane. I don't think he ever looked tired. I don't. I, I just. I don't think. I think he had a couple of mistakes, and that was the biggest problem for him. I think that Lennon would have said to him that, "Look, are you okay to play?" And he's just he just won the the African Nations Cup. Of course, he's going to say he's okay. He's going to be in cloud nine. And I think in his head he would have said, "Yes, I'm a hundred percent fit. I'm fine." I don't think he <laughs> would have. I don't think he would have lied just to get through a game. I think he was honest and he said, "Right, in my own mind, I'm good enough. I'm fit enough." But I don't know. It's difficult to say. Are we ever going to know whether he was ready or not? I don't think I want to know, but I mean, the way I look at it is he had a choice. He could have stayed in Nigeria a couple of more days and celebrated. As free there, there, there was those, uh, the, the Association of Nigerian Prostitutes were uh, offering free services <laughs> after won the, the cup. But, uh, that was nah, a I think, free uh, week. That would have been God. brilliant. I mean, I, I, if he had stayed, I don't think anybody would have fought with him because that's Nigeria won that in the first time in like 12 years or something like that. So, I mean, there's cause for celebration back home. If he stayed, fair enough, but he, he seemed keen to get back to playing the game, so yeah. he, got his, he got his wish. I thought Commons was a bit harsh on him. I think you, you maybe say that in the heat of the moment, but don't come out in public and say it. No, say it in training. Yes. <laughs> but to be honest, it's far too easy to turn in and go, aye, how many shots did you hit straight at Buffon? Although, to be fair, I think Chris Commons had their best chance. If you don't, well, maybe F.A. Ambrose with that header, but the there was one... Kick. The overhead kick, eh? but it went just wide of the post. It was the only time I seen Buffon booted to the spot. Yep. It's the one he had in the half volley as well when the ball came across. Um, I think he skied it over a bar. A good chance as well. Oh, aye, aye. That wasn't bad. Right? I don't think it would be stretching for that. But, uh... Aye. Right. So, it's about time we discussed the, the, the hot topic in that match, which was obviously Juventus getting a bit physical. And, well, somebody described them. The, the commentator was Alan Brazil. He yeah, described so, the guy as the the windmill man, Licksteiner. His <laughs> arms wide out as if he's a bit more like a pretend he was an aeroplane. He's probably making the noises as well. And he was blocking Hooper, who was in turn trying to block Buffon. So, Chris, you were at the game. I, I presume that the crowd were going crazy thinking it was a penalty. Well, I don't think it was so much we were looking for the penalty. It was more that the, the ball wasn't in play, so you can't give anything. Aye, but that's there was just continual yeah. manhandling throughout 
the, the setup, and even when the ball started coming across, they were still holding on. The, my my favourite moment of the this whole farcical holding on to people had to be when he booked Hooper and he booked Lichtsteiner. While he was writing in his book, Lichtsteiner was still manhandling Gary Hooper. <laughs> It's, he's standing right next to him and he's got his arms all over him and it's, he's right in front of you you've just booked him for what he's still doing it hasn't worked why are you not sending him off one of the, the best pictures I've seen is when uh, he's got his arms right round Hooper and Hooper's hands in the guy's eye <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean Hooper was certainly given back quite a few times but uh, I, th- I think the the Juventus uh, manhandling far outweighed anything Celtic were doing to him but I mean if the referee doesn't give it, you just need to go on with it. I'm all in favour of Celtic trying to get the, the rule clarified for a second leg and making sure, yeah. can they get away with doing that or not? But, but what, what do you expect? At the, time you, at the time, you need to play the whistle. What do you expect them to to hear back from you? If I, what, what, what are you really hoping for in an ideal world? What's the response you're looking for? Yeah, I mean, I, I would like to know why uh, in our game it was a booking unless the ball was in play, and yet two days later in the Europa League game there was a man sent off for doing exactly the same thing. I mean, there's got to be some kind of consistency. Do you think? Do you think they're going to come out with an answer to that? Other than think, look, it's well, a different but, uh, game. You can't compare to 100 percent. Well, yeah, I'm, there's got to be some kind of clarification. I think it's, it's hard yeah, to see. What I, you want, but. Yeah. I, I just can't understand what he wants from it. I can see that he's upset about it. But one thing I tried to say in the, the match thread on the forum was that I can understand it. That it's, people are looking at it thinking, yeah, it's a penalty. I would also argue that Hooper was uh, pushing back. He was trying to bend the rules by uh, impeding Buffon. I can understand that. But there was somebody on the forum talking about giving up football if that kind of thing goes on. That kind of thing goes on in games all over. I watched the Man United Real Madrid game and I posted a picture on the forum and it was three there was three attackers in the picture and all three of them were getting filled. It, it's one of these things I think happens. Right, I, I think like you say it happens every so often and then you maybe find a game where a referee will give the penalty and then you think, Oh that's great, he's been really strong to do it and then it never happens again for weeks, weeks and end and then um, to be honest, I think there's maybe an element of trying to get clarification at UEFA, but then I think there's also an element in Neil Lennon being quite cute with us and trying to make sure that it's made public as often as as loudly as possible for ahead of the second leg. So if it's any, even an inkling that there might be the same kind of thing, it's either nipped in the bud and Juventus don't try it or Celtic can get a penalty yeah. out of it. And if that's the case, then it might be worth doing it because... Let's face it, <laughs> trying to turn away around a three-goal deficit away from home is a big ask. So any help you can get out of it is well, going to be it, great. Was it Pirlo said that the tie's still on? Well, I mean, as daft as it sounds, we did control the game at Celtic Park. I wasn't that impressed by Juventus, I must admit. I don't know whether that was to do with the way Juventus set up to play or if it was to do with the way Celtic played and kept them at bay. But if Celtic can keep a stronger defence and they can finish chances like they did on Saturday against the United, who aren't as good as opposition, but you can only put the chances in a way that you're given. If Celtic can take their chances over there, it's maybe not beyond the bounds of possibility they'll score three. But whether they can keep it out of their end might be the big key. Yeah, I... Yeah, uh, be good nonetheless. But I thought it was a bit disappointing that we're we're talking about things like this when I was impressed with Celtic. I thought Lennon should be bumming up his his team for what they achieved. Obviously, the the goals weren't there, but I, I thought they'd done really well. 
Yeah, I mean, that that's the first time I've seen Celtic in the last 16 dominate the team they're playing. Because I remember like, a few years ago when they played Milan, they were kind of defending well most of the game, most of the two legs. And then against Barcelona, it was a really good game against Barcelona at Celtic Park. Barcelona won out, out 1-3-2 in a game they deserved to win probably by more. Uh, and the away leg was exactly the same. So that's what their fifth game in the, the last 16 the, since the Champions League era. And it's the first time we've done anything that's been the, the better team. So um, that's to, to, take, to take us from a position where at the start of the season we would have been happy getting into the Champions League group stages in the first place to be saying we're disappointed we didn't do better in the last 16. We've come so far. Yeah. So is that the, the Wednesday game? Is it a week on Wednesday? Uh, it's two weeks on Wednesday because the there's four games this week mm-hmm. and then there's a gap. Right. And then we're back round again after that. I think we're playing SPL next midweek actually. <laughs> Ah, uh, it's um, I think it's Motherwell Celtic in it next aye, week. Aye, it is. Twenty seventh. Right, right, I think, yep, twenty seventh. Aye. Right, well, I th- thought we'd move on for that that game. And Greg, why did you mention your new number twenty? Yep. The man returns. Oh man, it might be familiar with one or two. Um, so, aye, I mean, there's been, there's been rumours about since oh, it's Friday. I, I first heard this on Friday. And, We'd had these rumours at the summer as well, so everybody was a wee bit cool on the whole thing, but um, there's a couple of tweets come out yesterday which um, came from the one of the guys who's on the board at Motherwell who was sort of alluding to um, <clears throat> alluding to the fact that people should try and get along to the game on Tuesday to match a club's ambition, etc, etc. So there was a lot of rumours down around yesterday. Then today it all kind of went quiet. Yeah, this morning, certainly Stuart McCall more or less denied it at the, the uh, midday press conference today but they were obviously just keeping it under their uh, under their bonnet because about an hour or so ago it was um, confirmed that he'd resigned so yep he comes home for well for 12 weeks <laughs> but for a lot of Motherwell fans it's probably 12 weeks more than they ever thought they would see him playing he's, he's an exciting player he's a, on his days a, a English Premier League <sighs> player Aye, I mean you know it's, to be honest with you it's not um, there's huge question marks over what sort of player he'll be now and I mean he's had massive problems with injury and fitness and all the rest of it and you know what he could end up being here for 12 weeks and we really know seeing him play that much or he does play maybe being a shadow of the guy that we remember but it's just it's such a big emotional pull for Motherwell supporters to have him back there that it gives the um, gives the club a huge boost really and if nothing else even if we add like 500 to the gates even if we do that it's got, it's got to be worth taking a gamble on them but um I mean, Dundee United tomorrow night, so I don't know whether he'll um, he'll be featuring in that game at all. But I mean, if he does, I would imagine the I'd imagine the crowd would be bumped. But well, I would hope the crowd would be bumped up a wee bit off the back end of my an appearance. Ah, I don't know if he's been how long he's been training for, but that's been a while since he's been out. He's according to Kenny Black, he's fit. I mean, he got released by uh, Sunderland. And he'd been, I mean, I think he'd featured once or twice for him. I don't think he's got any current injury problems just now. And he's been training up at Fir Park for the last week or so. So according to Kenny Black, he's fit. He's fit and ready to go. But um, the, the problem Stuart McCall is going to have is, is we'll hear about with the, the SPL stuff. I mean, Motherwell played really well on Saturday. Uh, and there's nobody on that side that deserves to be dropped um, in, current, in current standings just now. So you may well find that, although he's signed... Uh, he might have to settle for a spot on the bench for a wee while because there's, the guys that are in the team at the moment are doing the business. And if they keep doing that, it's only fair that they're they're given their starting slots. 
Aye, McCall's going to have to be canny with this. You're right, mm. you can't just have him steaming in and starting. The problem is as well, he'll be under massive pressure to play him at some stage as well. Because, I mean, if he's on the bench tomorrow and you've got like a, a healthy crowd in to see him, he's going to be under real pressure to have him on the pitch at some point. So, um, Although I'm sure McCall's delighted he's got a, yeah, an international player at his disposal, I think he's also kind of wary of the fact that he's also got a sort of um, a duty to keep the, the guys that have done the business for us for the last couple of seasons. He's got a duty to sort of keep them happy too. So it'll be interesting to see how he plays it. Uh, exciting times. It is. It's good. It's, I mean, listen, when you support Motherwell, there's very few things come along that get you excited, trust me. But this is one of the things that's been rumoured off and on for years. I just and, hope uh, it's not a, another Lundberg. It could be a damp squib. It could be another Brian McClure. Brian McClure came back to Motherwell. Okay, he was a lot older than McFadden is just now. But I mean, he was. It was. It was embarrassing. I think he eventually got his contract. Um, I swear that's contract the first time. Is, sorry, I swear that's the first time we've actually mentioned McFadden's name in this entire conversation. <laughs> <laughs> we've been assuming that people know we're talking about James McFadden. Yes. James, <laughs> James McFadden. Thought, we're talking about uh, Fitzpatrick. Maybe he'd come back. <laughs> uh, you know, he's only twenty-nine. I know it's. Is it's he? Bizarre. Uh, it's bizarre. It seems like he's been around for so long as well. I mean, that, like, yeah. obviously, I'm, he's never played for any team of mine, but uh, as a Scotland fan, he's he's, he's one of the, the, the greats as far as I'm concerned in the recent years. You'll always, um, always remember his goal. And every time I see a replay, I still think he's daft from, for hitting it for that far out. Don't hit it! Oh, oh, I'm, right, I'm sure don't. he just looked up and went, I'm not running that. Ping! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right, Chris, you want to take us to the SPL section? Aye, uh, well we'll start off 24 hours after this Celtic Juventus game where uh, Inverness hosted Kilmarnock on a Wednesday night and uh, it was pretty much a one-way traffic game as Nick Ross opened the scoring after 20 minutes uh, It was a combination of disappointing finishing and well-positioned goalkeeping preventing Inverness from stretching that lead There was an Inverness second-half penalty claim that was waved away by referee Bobby Madden where Bobby McKay went down a wee bit too easily in the area to be honest it might have been a slight push but it was soft at best and then in the final minute when it was pretty much the only time Kilmarnock attack appeared in the highlights, Borja Perez levelled the game for one each. But even then, there was still time for a penalty claim for Kilmarnock when Rory McKenzie went down under a Raven challenge. There may have been slight contact, but uh, there was certainly more contact with Kenny Shields in the advertising board as he was raging at not being given, and that was enough to get him sent to the stand by Bobby Maddow. Oh, I don't know if there was contact. So... It was the worst <laughs> kick I've seen. <laughs> he, he, said he, kicked, he said he'd kicked a water bottle. He'd scuffed a water bottle. The points were shared in a game where the short start actually had read 13 to 2, and it was 7 1 in target, so all Kilmarnock shots in target went in. Uh, so moving on to the Friday night game up at Pataudry, uh, Dundee were visiting, and there was a, a decent match, and it wasn't too many goals in it, unfortunately. It was a, a penalty claim for Aberdeen as uh, Gary Irvin managed to stop a goal of effort with his hand for the second week running. Nothing given there, though. There was also claims for handball at the other end, but again, nothing was given. And from that clearance, Aberdeen opened the score, and Russell Anderson found Niall McGinn on the halfway line, and he carried it all the way, cut in, shot beyond Rab Douglas for the only goal of the game. Dundee did push for an equaliser, but that never came. So that's uh, Dundee now 15 points behind with just 12 games left, and Aberdeen finally have their first win of 2013. Moving on to the Saturday games, we'll start off at Celtic Park, where uh, Jackie McNamara's first away game in charge of Dundee United took place at the stadium for uh, where he spent 10 years as a player. And United actually took the lead 
As Mackay Stephen robbed Charlie Mulgrew and fed Stuart Armstrong, who slotted the ball under Fraser Foster, but that laid only lasted a minute as F.A. Ambrose got his head on the end of a Commons corner and uh, there's a traditional celebration of several backflips. And then somebody the booted the ball point. at him. Did you see that? <laughs> <laughs> Have that. <laughs> oh, it was awful. That's just. Uh... <laughs> anyway, right. Uh, moving on, Celtic then took the lead through Commons. After he fired home across Mizagiri, went in off the keeper and into the roof of that. It was then possibly the bizarrest moment in the match when Adam Matthews put in a very well timed challenge of Mackay Stephen and put it for a corner, except the ref gave a penalty. Uh, <laughs> no matter though, it was, uh, justice was done as Fraser Foster saved from John Daly, and it was then 3 1 to Celtic just before half time as Joe Ledley finished off after some close pe- passing in the penalty area. The second half saw Celtic get their own penalty, Stokes was taken out, and although he wanted to take the penalty himself, he got the message from the bench that Commons was to take it. He did, and he scored. Then Stokes did get in the score sheet for Celtic's fifth, and uh, then followed in uh, a James Forrest header to get a sixth. Yes, that's a James Forrest header. That's after it got in the, the well, game there's there. no chance he could put his neck into it, so it must have been a driven place. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there was still time for Johnny Russell to get the final goal of the game which was pretty much the last touch of the game because there was absolutely no injury time I think uh, referee Bobby Madden yes that guy again was uh, feeling a little sympathetic for Dundee United it's the first time Celtic have put six past Dundee United since 1969 so uh, lots to think about for McNamara there's plenty of and good uh, was an attack but not so much great in defence so moving on to Tynecastle and as uh, some worry would be hiding a bit now because uh, Darren Barr and Danny Wilson managed to take each other out pretty early in the game. And uh, that finished Barr's game, unfortunately. So hopefully he'll get well soon. I'm not sure how bad the injury is, I haven't heard. Uh, but uh, the disruption was pretty clear in the Hearts defence as Paul Heffernan managed to open the scoring. Completely unmarked, six yards out with a tap-in. Hearts pressed for an equaliser, maybe had a claim for a penalty when Wilson was given a push at a corner, but nothing was given. Heffernan then doubled the lead as he got in on the end of a knockdown from James Dayton from a William Gross corner. And Goo had an effort cleared off the line before Heffernan completed his hat trick by falling in Ross Barber's original shot. So that 3 0 win for Kamarnock is actually Kamarnock's fifth win in a row at Tynecastle. Indian sign or what? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, move, we'll move on to Fort Park. It's, uh, if it was Kelly having the best of hearts, then the same can be said for Motherwell over Inverness this season. Andrew Shinney did have the ball in the net. But uh, it was right rolled out for offside. From uh, he'd followed in Aaron Doran's shot. Uh, it was a lovely turn and run by Henry Koyama, who scuffed a shot straight into Michael Higdon's path for opening goal. Inverness <laughs> uh, created plenty, but didn't really finish too well, and it got worse for him in the second half when Nicky Law eventually found the net through persistence and maybe even got a bit lucky because he'd tell a dummy by scoffing at his first attempt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was a handball claiming the build up by Oyama, but uh, it looked like me will get bounced up and in the face, to be honest. It was claims at the other end for a penalty as well, but the shot hit the hand from just a yard away, so not really anything to claim there either. And Higdon made it 3-0 with a well-placed volley. They take all three points and move up to second spot ahead of their opponents. So that's Mullow 18 behind Celtic with a game in hand. And Galloway slipped the third two points further back. Moving on to Dingwall, it was uh, St John's one of visitors looking to follow up their 3-1 victory over Hibernian at Easter Road on Monday night, but uh, it was Ross County's Ivan Sproul, I'm, I'm reliably informed that Sproul, not Sproul, as uh, they were talking about it in the sports scene last night, yeah, we are, uh, 
and uh, he continued his revitalised career with an absolutely cracking effort over the keeper in the top corner. Certainly Hibs fans on Twitter uh, didn't really seem as like he meant it, but uh, that's what he did. I thought it was a pretty good finish. I did look good. St Johnson certainly had the better of the chances in the game, but nothing nearly good enough to find the back of the net, so that's Ross County unbeaten since visiting Celtic Park at the end of last year. Uh, St Johnson been a bit up and down. And in the final game of the weekend, St Mirren hosted Hibernian. And uh, despite St Mirren being the form team here and Hibs only winning the last 10, there was one issue in that Lee Griffiths has scored all the goals against Hibs in, uh, wins over St Mirren previously. So is Lee Griffiths the new Rudy Sketch, as far as the buddies are concerned? I'm sure uh, Larry would have something to say about that. Uh, He's most good looking, course... that's what he does. Aye, <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe. Uh, well... Whatever, Jim Goodwin's push on Matt Dunn was enough to see Willie Collin point to the spot and upstep, yep, you guessed it, Lee Griffiths to slot away the, the only goal of the game and clinch all three points for Hibs. And move them up the table a wee bit. And that's us for the SPL. Thanks very much for doing that, Chris. It's good to see Kenny Shields giving us some more entertainment. <laughs> just back for the dugout. Uh, just back for a band, the dugout. Uh. I like how he went and stood in the railing. Oh, that's, he had football boots on. Aye, really that was dangerous. Mad. It looked like it was going to buckle underneath him. Did you see it moving? That was quite weird. Uh, it didn't look like it was going to buckle, but it looked kind of shaky. Aye. Aye he's, he's always good banter. He is. He's usually right about things as well. I could see why he was frustrated. and I don't see what he did too much different for uh, mind that one that Celtic lost up nonetheless in the, the, the running in the title race a couple of seasons ago. And Lennon booted, Lennon booted the, the, bo- uh, the bottle. Yeah. You never get called up for that. I don't see how Kenny Shields did it. So what was he sent to the stand for? See, I, I've seen myself in defence and something goes wrong. Maybe they score a goal or whatever and I go to kick the post and I pull out of the kick halfway through and I do. I still connect, but I just tap it because I think I'm no one to hurt myself. That's what he did, I think. Yeah, I think so. I've done that as well. I've, I kicked a wall at fives once. I, I spent the rest of the game hobbling about. <laughs> nothing like who's the Newcastle player that totally laid into one of the advertising oh guys? guy with a bald head Kiss Bayer maybe aye <laughs> oh he proper went laid into it took a maddie on it <laughs> so, so, sometimes the advertising boards win though because I once seen um, Stephen McManus put on a slide tackle at Livingston and he kept going and it managed to catch underneath the advertising board that went up oh. and landed in his leg and he went half injured aye the nasty one was it Strachan that tried to jump it <laughs> and oh, eight, six, no. <laughs> and he had one look over and went, nah, it's too big. Fantastic. I think that's that's all I wanted to talk about in the SPL. There was nothing really that jumped out at me. Apart from yeah. I, I thought Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper? I played for Ross County, but it's not. But I thought he did. <laughs> Dodgy penalties. <laughs> well, oh. I didn't think it was a penalty when it was a good one. I can't remember who he pushed in the St Mirren against Hibs game, but he didn't even look anywhere near him. That was nonsense. That nonsense. Nah, it looked pretty soft. I mean, I can see, there's a slight push when he's went down pretty easily, but... And then it's, the, daft. it's daft to have such a push in the penalty area. What's <laughs> You're asking for the referee to make the decision. Yeah. And then the, yeah, the Celtic right. one. That's just ridiculous. That's, That's crazy. one of the worst decisions I've seen in a long yeah, time. Yeah, I can't understand it. I'm just trying to second guess what the ref's seen, and even then, I can't see. Well, at, at the time, when I seen it, I'm behind the goal that that happened at, so at the time I looked at it and I thought, great tackle, and then I seen him pointing away from the corner flag, I thought, mm-hmm. do you hit that often? Is that a goal kick? Mm-hmm. And I seen him reaching for a card, and I went, 
He's given a penalty. How can that possibly be a penalty? It was just, it wasn't so much anger, it was disbelief. Yeah, very bizarre. I am, for the first I saved it, I suppose, that's the, the good thing, but ugh, some of these decisions is just terrible. Aye. I mean, to be fair, Bobby Madden was rotten that entire game. Uh, both ways, they, I, I think Celtic had a few uh, decisions go their way, Danny United had a few other decisions go their way. It was just, that was the big one that uh, everyone they noticed. And, I don't think he's too good at ref, to be honest. But aye, he's got the points anyway. Aye. Always good. That's the main thing. Eight goals in a game. Got to be entertained. Right, do you want me to move on to the SFL? Yeah, well, I want to hear how that first division title deciding game went. Well, I don't for title decider, but top of the table clash anyway. I went, well, I'll go back a wee bit because I went on to the SFL site thinking, right, okay, I'll watch the the highlights, so I've, I've got something to talk about. So I clicked on the highlights, watched it, I seen uh, Brian Prunty score a brilliant overhead kick, and that was in Dumbarton against Livingston, I'm thinking, that's not right. No, that, this isn't right. Last week's. Aye, last <laughs> week's. They don't update it quick enough. So uh, I think it was last it week's. It was up on a Tuesday or something, I think, the highlights. It's no use for the podcast. Is it? it isn't. Get a for the podcast, we're not covering the SFL anymore. But see if you <laughs> go on. to scottishfootballleague.com and search for footage, it's within the first couple of minutes you get to see Brian Prunty score. It's a brilliant overhead kick. Right. Former Celtic youth, I remember him. Uh, so. I, actually, you know, the first thing I really remember Prunty doing was leaving Celtic, then a few months later coming to Celtic Park and ending our 77 game unbeaten run <laughs> at home. Good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and in the first division, Ian Murray won the manager of the month for January. I'm not surprised. That's some turnaround he's had at the bottom. Yeah, aye, you're right. Well deserved from him. Although they did win at the weekend though, did they? No, they bust the charity bet, so I can't uh-huh. really bum them up too much. Ooh, don't worry. More, more like the charity bet is bust their runner for them. <laughs> <laughs> you two putting the hex on them? Maybe that's what it is, aye. Could be, yeah. <laughs> aye, so anyway, the, the big game you were talking about was yeah. Morton against Partick, which finished two apiece. Oh, take is still on, good stuff. Aye, so Partick are, are eight points behind, but they've got three games in hand. Who knows, I'm the type of guy that would actually count up them games and think, alright, oh, that's him, got nine points extra, but that's not how it works, is it? That's that's where you go wrong, uh, counting your chickens. Decent crowd of that as well, I think, was it not? Five and a half thousand, six thousand? Oh, good stuff, that's what I like to see. That's good, aye. Right, I'll move on to the second division, because there's nothing else exciting in the first division. Oh, aye, wait a minute. Falkirk on Fairmont, surely. Aye, I only finished 1-0. They two hate though. each other, it's great. <laughs> only finished 1-0. Aye, but that's bragging rights. In fact, Chris in the forum won't like it if I if I talk about that too much. I reckon off because it's Falkirk that won. Aye. See, see I, I, I grew up kind of known Falkirk fans, so I'm sure they'll have been delighted with that. It's just, I must admit, it's the only time I've ever heard Pfeiffer used as an insult. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, effing Pfeiffer. <laughs> no, they, they actually said a, a Pfeiffer, Pfeiffer, B-word. As in smelly Pfeiffer, be one dirty, smell, then finish with Pfeiffer, Pfeiffer, as if Pfeiffer itself was an insult. <laughs> All right, I get you. <laughs> oh, for Pfeiffer's sake. <laughs> right, I've got a good deal in the second I, I, I division. I'll apologise to the fans for that one. I don't have any problem with Dunfermline. I quite like going to East End Park, actually. 
Uh, they had problems with their wages again. Ah, uh, yeah, it's disappointing, though. Yeah. They get such small crowds at up stadium these days. I can see why they have the problem, but... Is there not something about a share issue? Did I read that today? The, the try to float some share thing again, Dunfermline? Try and raise some money. I've not seen anything myself. No, but it's not it's not surprising. Did you did you know that I was at a, I was at the I was at a meeting at Fir Park a few weeks ago about this uh, reconstruction thing and um they were basically trying to um explain their point of view where we were coming from. But they were they were saying that for winning the first division last year, Dundee got sixty thousand pounds. And That's the, a harsh Ross County, wasn't it? I, I sorry. For for um <laughs> For for finishing whatever it didn't coming up, they get like sixty grand, and their boiler broke a month or so ago, and it was like twenty five grand to fix it. And they were saying more or less half of the prize money they got for Shocking. for finishing setting was away uh, on a spent well, boiler. Turning on the undersoil heating, I heard that cost ten grand, and obviously yeah. they're going to have to do that when they get up to yeah. the SPL. Mental, absolutely mental. That's that's these clubs are trying to. Are trying to survive on, on on that sort of money coming down from the um you know, come down for the associations and, and juggle it with crab crowds as well. It's just I mean I, I don't know how they I don't know how clubs like Dunfermline even make men's eat uh, make, make ends meet. Must be it's easy for you to say. <laughs> oh, <I'm laughs> <like> <laughs> I'm sure I heard that. I'm sure they were talking about increasing that to about four hundred grand. That sounds like I, I a, think a steep it, jump. Uh, they, they really need to, to get that. That's one of the things I do like about the reconstruction talks is they're, they're talking about redistributing the money properly. Because at the moment, winning the SPL gets you loads, which, to be fair, it should, because you're winning the, 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 the top division. Mm-hmm. But then there's another big load for the runner-up, and then it, there's a massive drop between second and third. Yep. Now, Motherwell, I'm sure, will be quite happy if it stays that way this season and they finish second. Ironically but, enough, and, you're trying to vote the stuff through this season. Aye. which seems somewhat... <laughs> an 800 grand difference, I think, between second and third. I think you're right, eh? So, I mean, it's, it's obvious why it's been set up that way in the past. Uh, but it's something that definitely needs addressed. And I know I know for the reconstruction talks that even the SPL winner is going to lose out a wee bit on yeah. over the course because they're trying to... Give more money to the lower leagues because somebody needs to lose out. Yeah, it was That's an interesting a... point because a lot of people at the meeting, um, it was like a Welsh society meeting, and they were saying, "Well, surely if we vote this through, all we are doing is putting more money further down the divisions to strengthen teams that could then potentially come up and relegate us." And they were being pretty honest about it. The board were saying, "Well, aye, saying that's that's a possibility, but." At the moment, this is the only viable option that's on the table just now, and there are there are risks associated with it. But yeah. everybody's kind of agreed. Look, if we want to eventually get to this situation where we could possibly have a top flight sixteen, which I think is the ultimate aim, in maybe five, six, seven years time, yeah. we have to start drip feeding that money down to the lower divisions now because it's it's, it's that's just not certainly the impression I've been getting just listening because there's obviously been a few of these forums and the twelve, twelve, eighteen doesn't seem to be anybody's favourite kind of setup, yep. even the chairman, but yep. it's the one they can all agree on, we'll get things through that will put in like, the voting structure better, yeah. and the money yeah. distribution better, so that later on down the line, we can try 12-12-18 for a couple of seasons, and if it doesn't work, we can change it to something else, but by then the voting structure will be in place so we can change it to something that's actually pretty good. Yeah, I'm disappointed that it's went quiet they're, they're talking about rushing it through and then there was a lot of momentum built up and then now it's just went all quiet and there's talk of the SFL 
clubs want to push through a, a different model and I don't know, it's, it's disappointing that because in the back of my mind I still think that they're going to want to push it through in the summer and we're running out of times. It was it was it was very much presented by the certainly the people at Motherwell they were saying look there's there's two options here we either stick with what we've got just now which everybody is kind of more or less universally agreeing is is crap, or we go for this revised option and and they were pretty honest in saying look we know this isn't universally popular among supporters but as Chris was saying there in order to get the other things which people have been pushing for the the change in the vote structures we're maybe just going to have to swallow swallow a pill here and vote this one through because I've seen every other option that we've come up with there is not enough support certainly within the SPL and possibly SFL as well to vote that thing through and it's, it's, it's this or nothing at the moment and to be fair I mean a lot of the people that were here I think initially um, at the start of the meeting were probably dead, dead set against it but the, the general feeling at the end was well this is this is a chance to make some sort of change it might not be ideal but at least it's a step in the right direction there's a bigger picture, so the small picture might not seem too great, but the bigger picture's yep. pretty good for the sounds of it. Like, comparatively it speaking, you know. As long as we get there, that's that's the thing. Aye. Yeah. Right, I wanted to mention in Division 2, we've got Brecon City coming up with a bit of a, a decent deal. Four-game package, because they've got four midweek games coming up, not in a row, but a four-game package costs £40 for adults and £20 for concessions. Sorry. That's a decent deal, that. That's a pretty good deal indeed. Was that a tenner a game? A fiver if you're a kid? Aye, that's brilliant. It's, it's spread over a few weeks, but that's oh, all right. It's just because, yeah. well, they've got the midweek games and that's one way of getting the crowds up. Nah, good luck to them. I hope they get the crowds on. I hopefully gets a wee bit of publicity as well because it's good to think outside the box like that. I know Celtic have done it previously where mm-hmm. you were getting an old firm game if you'd went to four games previous. Like There's a, a massive package but I don't often hear that from other teams. Yeah, it's good. That 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 ten pounds for me. That's 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 the magic number when they're when they're trying to attract people to a game. Because we've we've done it a few times at Fir Park and, and Friday night games. We've got good crowds. Commander did that a couple of seasons ago as well. And a game that I would normally be swithering whether to go or not because it was a tenner. Jumped in the car and drove down because it's I mean a tenner's next to nothing in, yeah. in, in the yeah. grand scheme of things. If you're going down there to pay twenty three quid, you're like. Not sure about that. So I mean, that's I think ten pounds exactly where they want to be pitching a lot of these games. And then moving down to the third division, I thought I'd mention Rangers signing, getting a few contracts signed. Aird, Hager, and Naismith signing on long-term deals, which is good. It's a kind of thing that Rangers need to be doing while they're in the third division. So on is getting these young players signed up because they're the the future on the playing part, but also the financial future of the club mm-hmm. is get them. Get them worth money by the time they reach the SPL. Hopefully that they're fin- the finished product and they can either stay in and hopefully push Rangers to start winning things again. Yeah, uh, it's good to see that the Rangers are doing that because I think that's one of the the, the benefits of where Rangers are at the moment. They get to yeah. sort of bloody youngsters, which you wouldn't otherwise get to do if you were still on like, the SPL and having to play your first team every time because that when we like Celtic benefited exactly the same way we managed to put out that second string squad uh, the likes of Dal McGeoch and Tony Watt and other youngsters on it which was good yeah and still win aye yeah <laughs> right that's the thing Rangers, Rangers are still winning more often than not as well so they are after the hiccup at the start of the season when their away form was woeful they've managed to get in a wee bit of a run not playing brilliant football but getting results racking up the best of Queen is the South though 
Yeah, yeah, keep yeah. winning. Uh, you, you say that, Chris, but we'll, we'll, I'll just ignore that. I'm doing the editing, remember, <laughs> I'll just cut that out. Queen of the got to be praised. They've been absolutely brilliant this season. They have, they? Yeah. they won five now or something? Yeah, I yeah. Aye, was it against Stranraer, maybe? Aye, I think so. Aye. Aye, aye it was brilliant. local derby, aye. Yep. Brilliant, they're, they're strolling it. Aye. Right, move on to charity betting. Last week we went for a triple or a treble. <laughs> Dumbarton <laughs> Peterhead in here. Dumbarton got beat three two off Wraith. Peterhead drew no no with Sterling Albion. That's that's embarrassing. Air. Yeah, do you remember how we picked that last week? Well didn't have a clue, we just gave him air and it's the only one that came up. Five two <laughs> against Albion Rovers. I'm sure so mid, for... m- maybe no having a clue is the way to go. <laughs> right, well that's why I got Greg in. Uh, <laughs> uh... <laughs> <laughs> right. So Right, Greg, you're going to have to keep it easy because we're rubbish at this. Oh, yeah, man, a big bookie. What are they up to? They've got Ross County County against Motherwell, 85 to 40. That's no (laughs) odds you get. That's no real. John McCraddock wouldn't know the hand signal for that. Is it tic tac? Tic tac. Tic tac. Tic tac. Is it tic tac? Tic tac, eh? Aye, well, he wouldn't know what it was for that. There isn't even a tic tac for 85 to 40. I got on this McBookie, this excellent McBookie site. Oh, I know. Get current odds. £10 free bet every week. Well well laid out. Nice. Easy to navigate. And let's have a look. <laughs> if I, I bet they're much better than Betfair. Oh, ten times better, except I can't find the first division. It's not that good. I just go to Scotland. You go to football and then you go to Scotland. I, getting, I, won, money. Getting, yeah. I won money at Betfair. Right? So I, I deposited money on my card. It expired. Right? I had nothing in my account, so I decided I want to put in some more money with my new card. Put some money in, I ended up winning money. I couldn't withdraw it to that new card. They, it wouldn't let me. That's I in touch with them via email. I was not happy. I told them that unless they gave me some special deal, I'm leaving. They didn't give me a special deal, and I didn't leave. <laughs> <laughs> they did the classic call in your bluff. Aye, exactly. It worked. Bluff called. I like right. because just because it's a simple fact to talk to you on Twitter. I think it's brilliant. Aye. And you get odds as well. Remember, Ladbrokes, they never used to give me odds. Oh, I yeah, this, I just need to guess what the odds are. And most importantly, they give us a charity bet for free. They do. They do. They're good guys. Huh? And girls. And yes. Right. There's, there's obvious ones. <sighs> are you going for Dundee? 25 to 1? No, I'm not taking Dundee. Dick. I'm not taking Dundee. <laughs> go, um... Partick at home to Airdrie, one to four. Or you could go. Easy, yeah. You could play really safe with Queen of the South at home to Albion Rovers, one to six. <laughs> um, Albion Rovers just got beat five two off here, right? Aye. Mm-hmm. Um, can I fire in the Queen of the South? <laughs> you can take Queen of the South. Yep. <laughs> I don't care if the odds are pretty low, but still competitive. What the firm like? Are they rank? They have been in recent weeks, eh? I looked at that as well. The Morton are at Dunfermline. Aye, Morton. Uh, Morton ah, Dunfermline. I don't know. That's a bit difficult, that one. Uh, so I don't like there's, there's money in that one. Yeah, go on. I'll stick, I'll stick my neck in the line. What bit? I say neck in the line, I'll stick a £10 charity bet on the line. Right, the pass. I'm going to go Morton. Are you going to go Morton? Yep. I thought you were going to go Dunfermline. No, no. Yeah, what about Dumbarton at home to Falkirk? No, no. <sighs> Uh, Falkirk have kind of been decent form recently. Aye, but well, look at the odds. Aye, it's two to one. Aye, it's good odds, but 
Mm. Too risky, I think. I tell you what, right? I'm going to go and look in the more markets here. I <laughs> we kind of get drawn a bit. What was that? Uh, what was the thing Chris was talking about on Twitter? The both um, teams to score. Aye, both teams to score. Why don't we do something like that? See, I, that I was wondering. See if we could get Dumbarton. Aye. Aye, well, both teams to score, Chris. You've got that open since you're the last one to choose. <laughs> well, I was just, I mean, I was thinking I might just go for a four for the air. I don't know what the odds are on that one. Four for the air. 17 to 10. Mm. I'll go with that. That sounds good. Right, four for. Right. I've been caught up with this. I've not even been entering the, the odds in the slip. I'm rubbish at this gig, Greg. Who did you go part? Did you take Partick? No, I went no, Queen of the South. Right. It's a treble, not a triple like I said earlier. Right, it's seventy five pound and sixty pence. Cool. Yeah, ten pound free bet for McBookie, the good guys. Sounds good to me. That's what I'm talking about. Right. We're gonna move on and do the predictions for the SPL. Greg, I know you like this but Oh, blimey. There's millions, is there not? Because there's midweek games. Aye, there's two games on Tuesday. Yep. You'll need to get this podcast out quickly. <laughs> Aye, don't worry. I'll be staying up late and doing it tonight. Chris, you're going to miss the Champions League if you go to this Celtic game. Uh, well, it's all right, because Barca play Wednesday, so it's fine. <laughs> right, so the first game I've got here is Motherwell against Dundee United, and I'm going to go first because I make the rules. I'm going to go 2-0 Motherwell. Oof. I think it's too early for McFadden. I, I right. agree. So, but um, I think he'll I, be there. I, he'll, he'll get paraded, surely. It's a home game. He's going to get wheeled out. Be mother literally, literally wheeled out. <laughs> 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 um, well, um, like I said earlier on, United looked pretty good on the counter, certainly. Uh, but still a bit dodgy at the back. So, there'll be goals in this one, I would think. Mm, I'm going to say two each. I, I, I agree. United cause us problems um, every time they come up there and the players that are, that are capable of punishing their, their back four so I am I'm drawing towards a score draw as well I, I, I will take one each go one each one each and then the next game up is the, the game that Chris will be going to and it's St Johnson against Celtic and the last time they played at McDermott 1-2-1 uh, we haven't actually beat St Johnson in the league this season yet no <laughs> No, it was a one-each draw at Celtic Park about 10 days after we got no 5-0 in the League Cup. And obviously there was a, the first game at McDermott Park was a 2-1 win for St Johnson. Celtic took the lead. I enjoyed my day there. I went along. My mate had a, a spare So you did? Uh, you were there. I was in Florida at the time. <laughs> I, I enjoyed myself, but I've still not tried their, their pie with chorizo. I need to try that one time. I'm there. Their pie with what? Chorizo. Chorizo. <laughs> <laughs> You know, playing for Man United tonight. <laughs> I've not been watching the game. It will be over by now, anyway. Right. Man United one two one. Yeah. Right. Sure both of them. <laughs> Aye. Uh, I'm good, but well, I'm going to go uh, two one to Celtic. Aye, I would expect Celtic to win this. I think Saints have been a bit up and down this season, but uh, I'm going three one Celtic. Uh, two 0 Celtic. Two 0 Right. Then Saturday's games. We've got Hearts versus Inverness. I just don't know about this one. I think Inverness, they need to bounce back soon. I'm going to go for a 2-1 Inverness because Hearts won't have a defence. 
I reckon off because Bark will be out and obviously Zalyakus is out injured the rest of the season and Wilson might be out ah, if he got stitches big bandage in his head Wilson ah yeah but he played one it's fine <laughs> I've I haven't actually beat Hearts this season yet, have I'm sure Laurie mentioned that when they played them in the League Cup. Um, so I will go 2 1 home win. Mm, I don't know. I mean, Inverness, they, they were poor by their standards on Saturday. Eh, although, again, they, they had a couple of chances to score, but I'd expect them to come back with a decent performance. Uh, Hearts are chronic, so four nothing Inverness. <laughs> four nothing. Said <laughs> with a straight face. All right, we've got Kelly against Aberdeen. Two 0 Kelly. One each. <laughs> Two <Two-nil. laughs> uh, oh. Nothing each. Nothing each. Ross County against Motherwell. I'm gonna go one 0 Motherwell. Uh, I think well, Ross County unbeaten this year. One each. See nothing more than McFadden hat trick. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> St Johnson against St Mirren. Is this the one that Laurie always gets confused about? Aye, aye, mm. it's the same team playing each other, isn't it? Aye, aye, it's a bit, it's a bit simple like that, Laurie. Right, I'm going to go for a home win. 2 0, St Johnston. I'm going 2 1 Saints to beat Buddies. <laughs> <laughs> I'll reverse that. I've got two one for the buddies. <laughs> then on Sunday we've got Celtic against Dundee. McBookie have Dundee at twenty five to one, which is That's ridiculous. <laughs> Nobody should ever be that ridiculous right out of whack. Right. It's gotta be worth a couple of quid that, is it though? I'm gonna put money on that at <laughs> a couple of quid. <laughs> Greg, you're a high roller with that. <laughs> That's too too rich for me. You and the two Bob bets again, eh? Oh, that's how I yeah, like you got to. Yeah, you got a lot back for your two Bob. <laughs> you would. <laughs> right, I'm going to go for a, a home win here. 4-0 Celtic. Oh, you're brave. Look, we've played Dundee twice this season and beat them like, 2-0 each time. I'm just going to say 2-0 again. I mean, Dundee the bottom of the league, but there's not the worst side I've seen this season, so 3-1 Celtic. Grab a slab. That's the key. That's the key. He's keeping mm-hmm. the score then. Oh, aye. Aye, still doing it. Then we've got Dundee United against Hibs. I'm going to go for 2-1 to Dundee United. I'm going to go 3-1 Dundee United. One each. One each. Right, I didn't mention what game was on the TV, but I think it must be Celtic against Dundee. It's the uh, last time uh, Sunday. Aye. We're just going to Celtic Park lunchtime on a Sunday. And it's no, we're not playing Raiders. What's that about? Uh, I suppose you just need to have your fair share. Of the games Aye, at Celtic Dundee? Park. Really? Of all the games you could have shown on TV, they're showing the Dundee game. Because <laughs> they're not showing like, a Hearts game or something. Top V bottom. Right. Well, I might be watching that anyway. I will, I'll be there. <laughs> will you be there, Greg? Unlikely. <laughs> oh, other things to do. I've oh, still right. got them to Dingwall. I'm tempted. I'm tempted to go. It's not bad. It's not a nice few points, Dingwall. I've, I've never been. I've, I've been to Dingwall on 10 times. I've never been, never been to football funnily enough. So I, might, I figure I might as well. Uh, if, if anything's going to tempt me up that A9, it might just be, uh, it might just be Saturday's game. So we'll see. Right, before we go, I thought I'd mention a bit of a, a useless fact, but it's, this is the 76th 
podcast. I was counting them up. That's quite a lot. That is a lot. That is. It's your really? 76 podcast as well, you've no missed one yet, have you? I've no missed one, nah. See, I've been oh, trying to kick me off, but nah, I'm here. <laughs> 76 hollows. <laughs> Hello. See, thing is, I need to practice that. Hello. <laughs> practice that when I'm at Ibrox, but change the words a wee bit. What are you going to do? What are you going to do with each other? You're just going to count. What I'm going to no do is I'm going to streak. Because <laughs> by then it'll be the summer, so I'll be all right. You know, what? I'm glad that the Skype's just audio. <laughs> I got I forgot last week, or was it two weeks ago when uh, the Dundee United? I was going, ah, you could see the Dundee United strip on Skype. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> nobody listening could see that. <laughs> Right, but thanks for coming on, Greg. No problem. It's been good. Right. Good and, to speak to you again, Greg. Yep. And I'll be hitting the magic button, getting this edited and out there, keeping it simple. Right, but maybe see you next week. I'll see you, Chris. I don't know about you, Greg. Uh, see if you fancy see me unless, unless uh, your man's crying off again because he's teaming with another Roger, which is more than likely. <laughs> see me. He's going to be back on now, isn't he? After the back of this, if you listen to this, he'll definitely be back on next week because he would, there's no way he'd miss two weeks in a row. Aye. I don't know, it depends on what his usage is, though. <laughs> right, but thanks for coming on and thanks for listening if anyone still listens right to the end. <laughs> I'd like to give you like a wee bonus bit of banter, but I don't really have any banter. What you should do is put a code word in at the end, right? And if they, if they tweet you the code word, then they win, you can give them £20 or something. How right, well, that? I've got a hat. <laughs> Right, I've got a hashtag then. Uh, yeah. Tits like coconuts. <laughs> right, that's the hashtag in it. If you if you do that, then uh, Greg will pick a winner and he'll he'll pay you the twenty pound. <laughs> Nicely done. Right, right. Cheers, guys. Eh? Actually, I feel. Like-